Welcome to the Land and Blast podcast. I'm Sam Terrell. I'm Chris Martin. And today we're joined by Daniel Bufano from the Bufano Home Team, also Deputy Dan. That's right. A new title. Yeah, Jackson County Sheriff Deputy for Heck sure. Yeah. Right on. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, yeah, this is fun to kind of be outside. How, how does it feel being outside of your podcast? Out of, outside of my podcast? Yeah, yeah, this is nice. I'd actually prefer it would be like this, but this is a logistical nightmare, you guys. <laughs> we got this set up in like a yeah. couple of minutes. Yeah, Five you minutes. did good. Chris is almost sweating, though, because he's been running back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm. It's it is a warm. beautiful, sunny day here in October. Yeah. Um, but Chris, you want to take us through kind of your relationship with Daniel? Uh, you and I have met twice, mm-hmm. but you guys have a longer history together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met him when he was a buyer, not a broker, not a deputy. He was a buying a house. Were, Seriously? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. You were referred Frego. Yeah. Jim Frego referred yeah. me to the Venuti group and I, well, referred me to you specifically. Yeah. And uh, you were a listing agent at the time. And so you referred me to Miss, Miss Molly. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's how we met. Yeah. And, and then I got my license. So. Yeah. And I don't remember what prompted you. Who, was it Molly that had something to do with you getting your license or was it just something you were interested in? I don't remember that. Part yeah, we, we had a conversation about like the Venuti group and, you know, what, you know, what Nancy did for her agents and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I met with Nancy. And as soon as I met with Nancy, I knew it was it was meant to be at that time. And mm-hmm. and uh, and I pretty much signed up for the class when I got home from talking to Nancy. So that's yeah, I think a few people have had that experience. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, for those of you who don't know, Nancy is the same person who trained me train Daniel that's there there's a lot of people who have that same mm-hmm. similar story yeah so uh anyway today we are going to talk about shooting yes we are going to talk about some guns mm-hmm. but we have a car we're in the mountains yeah. it's public land public land I we're really... all public land owners <laughs> yeah um so but I wanted to hear a little bit just about your history um how you came from came from California? Mm-hmm. I don't remember where. I know the Central yeah. Coast, somewhere down there. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> not a gun guy. Not really like an outdoors guy in the sport sporting sense, but not really an outdoors guy. Mm-hmm. Take me through the iterations from there to Jackson County Sheriff. Yeah, and um, some of the mental shifts you made. Yeah, no, I think that um, one. My wife and I lived in California. Uh, we had always kind of wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. We wanted to get out of, we lived in Vegas for some time and we lived in Fresno and we really just wanted to get out of kind of that city lifestyle. And so we were looking at places up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we really stumbled upon Grants Pass. We got up here, you know, I met you and I met our friend Dan Doyle mm-hmm. and uh, and you guys essentially introduced me to firearms. Apologize to your wife. I yeah, should, yeah. I, I probably owe her a major apology. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> In fact, just over that mountain is the first time that I've ever actually shot a gun. What was your first shooting experience like? I mean, like, so did you grow up around guns at all? Were they ever talked about or what was like, kind of your upbringing like around firearms? N- uh, n- nothing, really. Zero. Yeah, not, not at all. Um, my dad, I don't even think had a gun. And when I got up here, I, you know, went out with this guy and and uh, and few, sent some freedom down range and yeah, some freedom scenes. <laughs> that's from right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it just I don't know. It just everything from there kind of it hooked. And um, I think I I bought my first firearm from you. It was mm. your H and K forty five. Oh yeah. Um, I was looking for just like a general home defense weapon. That'll do the trick. Uh, yeah. 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 It, 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 a little you know a, a pistol that packs and punch. Yeah. And uh, and we went out and shot that a couple times. Um, we did. You were. 
just getting started into like uh action pistol at the yeah, time yeah and so we went out and and did some of that stuff and i was just like man this is so much fun <laughs> you know moving moving and shooting and you know engaging targets and stuff and i was like this is this is a blast well back up so you were a college baseball player i did yeah i played and college you were baseball. involved in oh, all kinds at? of sports yeah so i played at cal state monterey bay okay awesome. yeah cal state university monterey bay um which is where i met my wife um but yeah i've and played in became sports a personal trainer yeah been involved with crossfit a bunch of other things so like sports so fitness is you is like a primary yeah. focus of yours yeah no just fitness and just in general yeah, yeah. it was it's, it's kind of always been a big thing um yeah i played i was an athlete you know i don't know i mean i pitched i don't know if i'd call myself an athlete but i can move around a little bit when we would you know go and move around and move and shoot it was you know it seemed like it i mean you said it came easy to me like you know when i engage in targets and stuff well, th but. there's such a correlation between being a pitcher and shooting mm -hmm. there's such a huge correlation between that's that hand-eye coordination of doing something with your body to hit a target it's just mm -hmm. a little different mechanism of delivery right so yeah no it was the pathways in your brain are extremely similar yeah well i mean i, I believe you yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust you. it would be yeah. even more similar if you were shooting like skeet for example oh, totally. like that would be even more similar yeah so i remember specifically in 2020 um kind of when you know covid started to happen and and people were you know i mean especially early on in covid um had some complications with the with our second you know with the pregnancy of our second child and so and we were in the hospital um and we got released from the hospital the same day that the stay-at-home order got put in place oh i vaguely remember that yeah so that was like a very kind of interesting time um and i just remember that like i need to and people were getting fights at Costco over like toilet paper and stuff. Yeah, it's bad. And I was just like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like if people are going to be getting in fights over toilet paper at Costco, like I need to be able to like, I, I want to have a gun on my person and be able to protect myself if something, you know, if some, if shit were to hit, hit the fan, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so I remember thinking that like while we were in the hospital and then like I went down to the sheriff's office um, a week or two afterwards and got my concealed carry license and then i bought a gun probably in that same week and i bought just a little p320 compact p320 just a carry pistol yeah um and i bought a sig specifically because chris used to carry this amazingly awesome x5 legion that uh <laughs> the beast the beast which now belongs to me <laughs> so, um which is a late but i that I, is that, so funny um not too long after that i actually worked with uh lorena Noveski on a purchase of a house hmm. and um really cool. made friends with them yeah um through i don't need to get into that story but I had, I had a friend who was really close friends with one of her employees and Anyway, I got involved in this transaction. And for those that don't know, can you explain what Noveski is? Yeah, so Noveski um, is a is a AR company. They make you know assault rifles, and they're run and operated here in Grants Pass. And they're one of the more popular popular reputable modern rifle brands. Modern sporting rifles. Modern a, sporting rifles. Not assault rifles. Armalite rifle similar platform that's yes. right yes. <laughs> yes ar yes. does not just as an fyi ar does not stand for assault rifle it stands for armalite rifle so that just yeah. throwing that out to the ether of course not you but to the ether yeah the ether <laughs> to those people out there watching yeah for sure um but no that's really it's a really high-end firearm manufacturing company yeah, yeah. i would say and high-end right product. here in grass Pass. yeah it's right here a huge in grass local yeah. deal yeah. yeah and so um i got you know i had the pleasure of working with her on this purchase of a house um, during that escrow process, she invited me to go to a, um, a pretty prestigious handgun class with her. 
and that was a Haley strategic class. Was for, That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Travis Haley, um, I don't know his whole story, but he used to be like really big with Magpul and used to do all these instructional videos. Um, and then he started Haley Strategic, and he does uh, these far, firearms courses now that I think are phenomenal. Um, and since then, I've done, I think I've done five of their courses. Oh, wow. my goodness. Yeah, so I've done a lot of their That's classes. five weeks worth of classes, basically. Yeah, so in each, each class, um, each of one of their blocks is a three-day block, and it's all day. You start at, like, 7 in the morning, and you pretty much go till 7 at night, unless you're doing their D3 class, which is their Disruptive Environments class, which is a night course. So I've oh. done two handgun low light vehicle darkness courses. Now, in, in maybe getting a little ahead of us, mm -hmm. you're now moving into a law enforcement career, right? Not at this point, no. Not at this point? No, so um, this was in... Oh, that, is, that was my question, was, was this yeah. before that shift? This was before the law enforcement shift, yeah. So this was just educating yeah. Daniel on how to operate firearms. Yeah, operate a firearm, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I've, I've been shooting guns. Um, for probably, from the first time that you and I went out was probably five or six years ago. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But I've been shooting, like, heavily, like, a lot for probably only about two and a half to three years. There was, like, this night and day transformation that I didn't even know was happening. And I'm like, Daniel went from, like, trying to figure out how to load that mag to, like, totally tactical out, <laughs> like... Totally, ta totally tactical for sure. Seriously, I literally immersed myself into everything. Yeah. I YouTubed everything. I took these classes. I learned about gear. I learned about other equipment. And I just, it's just been my, like, it's just been my passion for the last three years. So, so, so you went from admittedly a pretty successful real estate business team, everything else to shifting gears towards law enforcement. Not right. because the money was so much better. No. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, I'd say probably around the same time that you and I went out and shot for the first time was also the same time that I went on a ride along with my with my friend, Sergeant Ainsworth, who's a sergeant at the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. Gotcha. And it was like the one of the most fun days that I've had in like a long time. We went... We went on two code runs that day, so we like there was a, a deputy that was that was in a fight with a bum down by the railroad tracks, and we came from Station One. And we're doing like 120 on Crater Lake Highway, and we had like all these we did all these different things throughout the day, and it was just like it was so much fun. And the more and more I engaged in these classes and engaged in these firearms and met law enforcement people and started to study law enforcement and like watch them in like YouTube and things like that, I just it just became more and more of something that I just had to do. Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was something that was calling me. Um, every time I pass a police car, every time I, you know, see any, see their cherries and berries going, the, the reds and reds and blues going. <laughs> cherries and berries. Cherries and berries, buddy. Bring um, a lot of new lingo today. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like bringing all my cop lingo out today. <laughs> and for the record, I've only been a cop for like two months. So, <laughs> and I'm still like very, very much in training. So yeah. I don't, I, I, I can't say that I'm like full on deputy. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and, for, and it's funny, Mike Lacer actually calls me a quarter deputy. Um, and I tell him that the quarter of it is I know how to use these and I know how to use the gun. So <laughs> All yeah, the rest, so, is the rest of it, I don't know place. anything about criminal law, traffic law, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like I just, I'm, I'm very unversed on it at this point. Are you happy with it right now? I am in absolute love with Good. it. Yeah, no, it is so much fun. Um, I'm just the kind of person that loves to learn and loves to just like be doing different stuff all the time. And that's what law enforcement is. I mean, there's never a call that's the same. Um, and there's so much to learn um, more. I feel like there's more to learn with doing law enforcement than than there was to get like a real estate license, sadly. Yeah, we don't talk about how 
easy it is to get into real estate and yeah. my feelings on that. We'll skip yeah. that today. No, that different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ease of entry. Yes. <laughs> One of the things, and the reason that we were just, you know, wanted to get Daniel on here and I thought it would be an interesting, basically I wanted to shoot. That's yeah. the reality. I wanted to think of a reason we had to get together to shoot yeah. that was for business. Absolutely. So these bullets today are tax write-offs, right? right? Yeah, this is all write-offs. <laughs> all all, all my building. bullets are tax write-offs now. Any, <laughs> any day of the week, dude. That's true. Heck yeah. But helping us out here. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you so much. Tax dollars at work, <laughs> yeah. so. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> anyway, but one of the things that I was looking for an opportunity at some point to talk about was this whole kind of, I'll call it psychology behind carry mm-hmm. or psychology behind either personal defense or, you know, winning a fight. I don't care if it's a gunfight or what it is, <clears throat> but I, I have a pet peeve and it's, I have a lot of friends, I'll call them friends, a lot of associates, different people who <clears throat> are gun people. And let's face it, they own a bunch of guns. Mm. They probably own enough ammo to supply a small army. <laughs> but of that big pool of people, I've got about six or seven close friends, maybe eight, who I would consider proficient with a firearm. In some degree, like if something happened, I would want them in a room that my kids also happen to be in if a bad guy was in there. There's only a few people that, like in my friend circle, that the rest of them, I'd be like, my my kids better get out of there immediately because the bad guy might get shot, but everybody else is probably going to get hit too. Hit the deck. And worse though, there's a lot of people I think who, who aren't even prepared like the guns don't even leave the safe or leave the mm-hmm. the gun room or whatever and there's no level of competency with it and i wanted to share a little bit about the the reality check that i got a few years ago um which was bef- what prompted me to get into action pistol shooting in the first place mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you know we'll we're gonna switch to some a b-roll time where we'll actually on film you know do some different shooting here but also talk about why some of these basics are important um but I realized I'd carried a pistol almost every day since I turned 21 and got my concealed carry, but I sucked with a pistol. And this was the re- revelation I hit about 26 years old, 27 years old. So that had been like a six year period yeah, a of doing burn that. Time on that. I was a, uh, I was a walking hazard if something bad had happened. Mm-hmm. I was probably gonna shoot myself trying to get out of the holster before I ever did any good. Yeah. I mean, that's slight exaggeration, but well, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, you never, you never know. <laughs> um, so like anything else that, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like you, I like to grow. I like to learn. I like to, I'm competitive by nature, extremely competitive by nature. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it well. So I took a, a couple of classes, but I spent a ton of time on YouTube and a ton of time, um, just self-educating, just learning, reading, read a couple, read a couple of different books. Um, <clears throat> what was the one guy's name? Um, Anyway, um, one of the USPSA guys, but, um, Peterson, no, anyway, um, never mind. <laughs> I'm wrong. It'll come to me about midnight tonight. <laughs> yeah, tonight I'll wake get up, text. you'll get a text. Hey, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but I went through that and I, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to, I need to shoot. I need yeah. to put rounds down range, put a lot of rounds down range. And I started learning about, you know, concealed carry and drawing and presentation and transitions and the whole list kind of went on and then went to the psychology um, we went through, sought out a couple classes for the psychology part, the situational awareness part. And like, I had to have a heart to heart with myself. Like I'm carrying a gun. Am I willing to use it? Mm-hmm. And I just, I had to have that reality check. And I'm like, well, actually the answer is yes, I am. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until I was married 
and kids were on the way and whatever, that that became a very affirmative. Yes, in, in a given situation, I'm going to protect. When I was single, I wasn't as committed to that. And I was like, I, I think I would do something. Got married, had kids, family started becoming so much more important, and it became an absolute clear clarity in my mind, I'm going to protect. Right. <clears throat> so. If I know, don't, who's gonna? I, I don't, I, yeah. I can live with, I think, it's not firsthand, this is in my mind, I can better live with ending someone's life than ha not being able to protect my son or daughter or wife and something bad happened to them. I can better live with that consequence than the latter. Sure. That's where my mind is. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, you know, again, kind of the psychology, um, I, we, we, the term I like to use is beer can blasting. It's the <laughs> typical shooting experience for the average person. Yeah. And they do beer can blasting once every couple of years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they think in their minds that they're proficient. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing the different things you hear. Um, so question, average gunfight lasts how long? Not very. Three seconds. Three seconds. Yeah. So do you think the average person carrying a gun can get a round off in three seconds, even if it's on them? Probably not. It's debatable. Mm-hmm. You think the average competition shooter can get 15 rounds off in three seconds? Maybe not the average, but a few. <laughs> a, good, a good solid handful yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. 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 I mean. I've seen somebody get six rounds off in under a second or, or yeah. one and a half seconds for yeah. sure. So yeah. like th that, those pieces of information struck me in a pretty profound way. Like, oh man, I got work to do. Mm. Um, active self-protection channel on YouTube. I think a lot of people watch that i'm sure you do I've seen it yeah um you know those guys john carrera and those guys I, I think i learned a lot when i was first trying to understand what i was getting into like what the mental shift i was trying to do was i learned from watching a lot of those videos and the way they broke them down and the different things that were happening i got a reality check of like oh my goodness <clears throat> it's important and i hope anyone who's listening who carries a gun or is thinking about carrying a gun realize the responsibility that comes with that that's where i'm angling yeah. There's a responsibility that comes with being a gun person. And most gun people have never even thought about that responsibility. Right. I shouldn't yeah. say most. I'm afraid that most. I don't know that to be fact, but many people that I know, um, I would have concerns about. Um, a cool evolution, you know, so at the, about the same time you were, did your ride-along? Oh. You said it was like 2020? No, my ride-along was probably in 18 or 19. Okay, so yeah. when COVID hit, um, and everything shut down. Um, uh, several of the guys, several of the guys in our leadership at church, we, we formed a, a church security group, which partially because we didn't shut down during COVID. And, you know, there was a lot of un unrest, but we felt like keeping the church open was really important. So we had formed that and then we realized we needed to get the training and different things. And then I watched the proficiency level of five or six guys go from a hazard to, the, to society <laughs> to pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. You've shot with some of those guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all and, good. And, you know, none of them are going to win any competitions. But every one of them, in a bad situation, my kids were in the room, I would have a level of peace. Mm -hmm. You know, that, you know, the kids are not going to accidentally get shot. Smart, you know, relatively smart decisions are going to be made. But it became came from intentionality, which is a word I know you use a lot. It's a word we use a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to carry a gun and you're not intentional, I really 
that 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 makes me mad mm -hmm. honestly like it makes me frustrated yeah it makes me scared for if you ever had to use it the people around you um you know the i i'm as pro second amendment as it gets and i would rather there be less regulation than more um i'm not an advocate of more regulation in any way shape or form but i'm also not an advocate of people not taking ownership over that decision yeah. to and but the thing is it's not just that it's 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 the same thing if you're going to drive a, a vehicle it's the same thing if you're going to do anything that's dangerous it's the same thing if you're going to be a doc whatever it is like you need to take anything that could be dangerous to society yeah. to yourself seriously with intentionality yeah. um i think you owe it to most people who who conceal carry you know i mean they're the idea is that they want to protect themselves or their family. I mean, yeah. that is, I mean, that's the whole point of it. Well, you're a sheepdog. Right. You've adopted that mentality at one level or another. Or you'd hope, you know, you'd, that hope. you'd hope. I mean, you, like you said, you carried for your whole life thinking that, oh, you know, I, you know, can protect. I, I just think if you're going to carry a weapon with the intention of protecting yourself and protecting others, <clears throat> like you need to be taking some sort, like you've got to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And so doing some training and spending some time with that weapon so you can get familiar with it is incredibly important. Right. And, and I, I agree with what you said. And I would add that, you know, my, my introduction, my introduction to firearms and carrying firearms outside of a hunting scope mm -hmm. was when I went to gunsmithing school at 18. Mm -hmm. That was the first time that I was ever exposed to that mentality. Lived in Arizona. It's an open carry, concealed carry state as long as you have a residency there. So I was able to conceal carry after the age of 21, but open carry with no permit or whatever over the age of 18. It's the and, same as here. Yeah, exactly. But I was from California and that was very new to me. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have a lot of training in that arena, but I had guns and I carried them and I became proficient with them out of necessity because I was at school and I was guiding and I was doing this mixed bags of stuff that required it. But I ended up becoming close friends with a sheriff's deputy out there okay. and ended up doing ride alongs, ended up going and meeting him and the other sheriffs out um, at different locations and doing different things. And there just so happened to be an excellent firearm training facility very close to our campus. And there was a lot of overlap between those worlds. And so the main thing that was ingrained in me at a young age, as I began carrying firearms with the intent to use them for something other than punching holes in paper, was the- Or beer cans. Or beer cans, yeah. right? <laughs> Is the mentality first, action second. Because you can carry a gun all day. It can be in your glove box, it can be on your person, it can be in your closet. But the biggest defense that we have as individuals operating in any aspect of society is between our ears yeah. and facing forward with our eyes. Situational awareness. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and you guys can probably speak to it a little bit better than I can, but there's different color gradients to the situation that you're in, re representing threat levels and awareness and stuff like What's that. What's the one you really don't want to be in? Red. Black. 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 You see, I, you see, I don't know. Yeah. Black is... You, Black is you've, yeah. you've basically lost all control and you're only reacting. Interesting. Red is you're engaged in a bad situation. And you're still able to think, but you're Correct. on super high alert. Okay. Black is yeah. brain dead. Just responding. Yeah. A lot of people, when they get the black, they don't even remember it afterwards. Oh, it's right. like the like yeah. the videos of the cops that are after they're in a shooting, like they're involved in a gunfight. They mm -hmm. start picking up the casings because they kind That's of go back training. to yeah, yeah, they go back to like being at the range and yeah. practicing and picking up their brass. Great book actually about this, and you've probably you're probably referencing this, but it's a different one. It's called On Combat. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. by uh, by Colonel yeah, uh, uh, Grossman. Grossman. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. book. Incredible. Talks about all this same, stuff. In same there. author as On Killing. Right? Yes, yeah. On Killing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think On Killing was the first, and On Combat was the second. That's correct. Yeah. And yeah. he talks about that same kind of situation. There was a guy who was working like on disarming somebody. Yeah, handed the gun right yeah. back to him. So and so he would train with his wife. His wife would hold the gun. He would disarm his wife, and his wife would hand him the gun back, and or he would hand the gun back to his wife, and he'd disarm his wife and do this whole thing, and he would do yeah. this all the time, rep after rep after rep. And then he walked into a Seven Eleven one day, and some guy pointed a gun at him, and he disarmed the guy, and then gave him the gun back. Like and it was just, it was yeah. just like it was ingrained in his training. We talk about screwing up the guy's OODA loop, right? You're like, um, <laughs> hello. Well, that's that's like at home, mag in, charge the weapon, right? When you're at home and you drop your mag and you dump that round in the tube, what's your next reaction nine times out of 10? What is yours? What do you do? Gun is empty, it's in your hand. Before you put it down, what do you normally do? Slide down, hammer Well, down. I check the, check the barrel, like I visually inspect it. Right, but do you drop the hammer? Yeah. Well, after I visually inspect it. Right, exactly. So one of the most common firearm malfunctions or you know, like negligent discharges is people clack. Like they put a mag in, they rack it, and they go back to what they're doing when they're unloading their firearm, and they discharge round into the ground. Oh, because yeah. the muscle memory is magazine, slide, empty, bang. And in reverse, it's magazine loaded, so, bang. So my brother-in-law had a very similar muscle memory thing. So he was doing landscape contracting work, yeah, and he was running a weed eater all the time. <laughs> and he shot himself, reholstering because he was used to just running a weed eater with yeah. this finger clamped down on the trigger all the time. Oh, man. And he just automatically, just like he's holding his the weapon or, or his tool every day at work, Yeah, did that as he was reholstering, and he shot himself through the quad. Jeez, no thank you. Hard so. pass. Yeah, hard pass. Hard sure. pass on shooting myself in the leg. Um, <laughs> but that, and all, he went to black after that, by the way. I would he, imagine. He went to stage black. I would imagine. <laughs> a little shock. But like that for me, just as examples, like the, I guess the notion of existing in yellow, mm -hmm. like... One, you're aware of your surroundings. If there are threats or some kind of unique situation that's presenting itself, not only are you aware of it, yeah. but other people around you will take note and you become less of a target for being on the receiving end of some kind of negativity. Mm -hmm. But then also when you're handling a firearm in and around people that you do not want to shoot, having that awareness and telling yourself, yes, I'm manipulating something right now that can end life is immensely important mm -hmm. because if you do kind of fall into that beer clan blasting kind of nonchalant oh we're having a great day we're having a lot of fun that's when accidents do occur mm -hmm. and for civilians other than you know uh, not law enforcement military or whatever other um, bracket you want to fall into we own that bullet with no legal recourse from point A to point Z. And, and so for me, you know, and I don't know what your guys' instances have been, but you know, I've had firearms drawn on me. I've been in situations where I've had guns out and we weren't entirely sure how things were gonna go. And I, I'll never forget it. The first time anyone drew a firearm on me, I entered what I would like call like a flow state mm -hmm. to where it was the most relaxed I had ever felt in my life because I was instantly aware that it was all gonna be over very quickly. Mm -hmm if this went sideways. So I went from, hey, how's it going to, oh, yeah, here we are, boys. Like, it, yeah. it was a weird mental shift. Huh. And after that, to your point about where, I, where am I at comfort-wise about using a firearm in a defensive situation, my go-to is I'm always gonna try to defuse that situation 
with zero violence necessary. Absolutely. I'm going to avoid that situation physically. I'm going to avoid it mentally if I can. But if I'm entered into it, I'm going to take every possible step up until that balloon rising mm-hmm. to not engage with any level of lethal force. Right. And be loud and you know, be scared, all of the scared hand positions, all that stuff. But then being able to judge that situation, understand my distance, understand behind the target, go through all of the same target shooting mental preparation steps mm-hmm. to then know, okay, if I get out of this, I'm just going to be able to walk away. But if this breaks, I've already, just like ranging a bowl and ranging a tree first mm-hmm. and knowing where the branches are when you're hunting archery and your yeah. pins need to be offset so that way you don't have to branch. All that same mental preparation goes into that one moment of, hey, I'm on a razor's edge here. I want to make sure that if this does snap, mm-hmm. I've done everything in my power to limit bad. Right. Well, and that, and that does two things. Not only does it give you the best chance of de-escalating the situation, if the situation escalates, you're going to be able to re-articulate everything you just went through, which is going to reaffirm your position, your affirmative defense position like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Because every bullet does have an attorney behind it yeah. or attached to it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I, I pray to God that that day never finds me. However, with a career that I just entered, it's a lot more likely that day, that day will find me yes. uh, a lot sooner than it'll find either one of you. Um, but I, I also, I also believe that I, I mean, with proper training, I think you can prepare and you can put yourself, you, you know, you're more likely to move into that state that you found yourself in. But I think it, I'm not sure you have the opportunity to choose how you react. No. You know, like I think you can train and you can do as much stuff as you want, but if that day finds you, your body's going to do what your body's going to do. Default to your highest level of training. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I hope that I can, I I can have enough awareness to, to manipulate and, and, and be in that state where I can, you know, create the best outcome for myself and, and those around me. But it's a, it's a pretty scary thing when you... It's a yeah. heavy topic, gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like... Well, I, this think, is, yeah. I think the long and the short of it is it's something that if you own a gun, you carry a gun, you need to think about it. Like, that's the whole... Yeah. That would be the one takeaway that I would hope everyone would have who listens to this is they would check themselves. Where am I at? You know, and this is... I mean, just as I'm talking about this, I haven't gone through that mental exercise in a, a couple of years where, hey, where am I at? I did that today again. I'm like, oh yeah, well, no, I'm still in the same place. Nothing's nothing's changed. But like to check where are you at in your level of training, your level of preparedness. But you like what you're saying though, you have to put yourself in that headspace. Yeah, yeah. It's a mental preparation thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, going back to like Colonel Grossman, that was a lot of the stuff that he had in the on on combat book, Mm -hmm. or I guess in on on killing as well. But reactionary targets mm-hmm. you know um he did for for those that are not familiar with the book there was a whole series of studies that they did on lethal effectiveness on force and force fighting going back to mm-hmm. i think it was uh, certain aspects of the revolutionary war but mostly focused on civil war and forward and basically the hit ratios for the amount of bullets flying through the air was absurdly low uh-huh. and then what you study is is once they t- change the target shape from circular targets to silhouette targets people were mentally primed to engage a human physique rather than a circular target. Mm-hmm. And we're not shying away from putting bullets on the new target. And now moving into modern combat training for soldiers and law enforcement, you guys have turning targets mm-hmm. that are a known color. And instead of saying, oh, that's a person over there, I'm gonna shoot that person. It goes from no threat to threat. There's a reaction. Uh-huh. And then 
that helps take the human psyche out of the bodily behavior. And as a civilian, that is a really sketchy thing to practice because if you are strictly reacting to something, your reaction may be valid, but the outcome may be invalid. So here's another reason for training. I don't think there's a single person in our church security team that in training with Airsoft has not shot a friendly person at some point during training. Oh, right. seriously? Yes, yeah, so check this out. So we did, they have, uh, at the sheriff's office, they have a virtual simulator. Yeah. It's like a 180 degree simulator and they have all these different scenarios. And so we did some training on this a couple, uh, last week and um, they had me in a situation with, with the traffic stop, a guy, you know, uh, this car stops, this guy gets out of the car, passenger gets out of the car, runs off to the side. So you're kind of trying to keep your eyes on the passenger, but the guy's like yelling at you and this and that, why are you stopping me, this and that? And then, so the, the scenario is he reaches into the car and you're like, you have to like say, so sir, keep your hands out of the car, I need to see your hands. And he like re quickly reaches out and, and essentially shoots me, right? And so that was the scenario before I could get a shot off. Like that's how fast it happened. And they're like, okay, let's replay the scenario and see and see what happens again. And so they run through the same scenario. The guy's doing the same exact thing. He reaches into the car, but this time he pulls out a cell phone and I blasted that dude four <laughs> times before I even realized that he was carrying a cell phone. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and what I'm saying is, is that there's, when you're in that high stress environment, like, and I was, I was reacting off of what I had just previously done like 20 seconds prior to that, right? And, but in that scenario, untrained, if some guy's engaging you in that manner, super angry and all that kind of stuff, and he reaches in there and pulls something out, chances are you're not going to know what to do, right? And now I know, you know, and that's the problem with law enforcement too now is like they have all these training scenarios where this stuff happens and then it happens out in the real world and somebody doesn't actually have a gun, they have a pencil yeah. or, you know, yeah. like, and it's, it's, but yeah. Or death by cop scenarios, right. you know, yeah. that happen. But it's just being able to put yourself in those scenarios and train for them and think about them and, and, and that's you're more likely to make less mistakes when it actually does, when that situation does come find you. So long and the short, get training. Yeah. If yeah. you're gonna put yourself in a position to have to use a weapon, get training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bottom line. And there's this old adage too, like going in bear country, you know, everybody's all about 10 millimeters against bears and mm -hmm. stuff and really high powered handguns. And I remember it was like a, an older gun writer and firearm guy and he, he said something to the effect of, listen, if your life's being threatened, it doesn't matter if you have a 44 Magnum or you have an air gun. As long as you have something that you are capable of using and confident in, your likelihood of success in defending yourself skyrockets versus using what everybody else is telling you to use. Mm -hmm. So whether it be, you know, if you're like, hey, you're you making fun of my 10 millimeter. I'm not I'm a little bit making fun. Of, no, that, that's, <laughs> a hand, that's a hand cannon. That's a hand cannon. Yeah. Hey, I shot it before I went to Alaska for an entire day at when we did our training. I forced myself to use it, yeah. which I normally use nine millimeter for. It was a little bit painful. <laughs> That's but I, nice. I made myself, you know, send about 250 rounds downrange before I went to Alaska. There you go. With Good it. Deal. So there's a detective yeah. at the sheriff's office that shoots a 10 mil. Oh, ca seriously? Carries it every day. Yeah. It's like the dirty, modern dirty Harry right there. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, anyway, carry pepper spray, whatever you're confident with. But if you're at a point in your life where you want to carry a handgun or you want to use a firearm for personal defense, train with it in safe environments. Like you said, seek out training. Mm -hmm. But utilize YouTube and become proficient because without that level of proficiency, not only are you potentially adding a firearm to somebody else's mm -hmm. arsenal in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, do you guys keep, you guys don't want to train and use your firearms. You just keep buying that stuff because people like us that know how to use them when the shit hits the fan, we'll come and yeah, get them. Find them. <laughs> I'll come and take them from you. <laughs> but yeah, it's like get, get training, become proficient and um, 
And yeah, make sure that you don't hurt somebody that you're not intending to hurt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So from here, let's go practice. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So yeah. we're all fairly competitive people. Lightly. Him yeah. and I especially. No. Me? You? Me? Never. Not no. once. So we're, we'll, 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 go, we'll, <laughs> go, we'll go set up a few things that we can compete a little on yeah. and see where our own thresholds are. Heck yeah, I'm down. All right, let's this do be fun. With this Are free, boys. Right? <laughs> He's the winning time. Anybody count to six? That was six. That was okay. six. 209. Yeah. Okay, good. With a f oh, wait, what did you have? I already did my push ups. Oh, he's, he's being nice to me because I shot. Oh, oh, we're not I'll, playing. I'll, okay. I'll okay. The rules are flexible. I see how this works. Oh, we're all doing push-ups. We're all doing push-ups because we all suck. Is what's happening right now. Seven push-ups for... Uh... I can't Hold even on, tell you I how many. I haven't done the fun one. So one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. run out of bullets. <laughs> Man, see this is what this is what being out in nature is all about. This is what we're all about Atlanta Blast. <laughs> That's what we're all about. What right here? Push-ups and bullet holes. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Land of Blast podcast. A little bit heavy today. A little heavy today, but thank you for staying with us and uh, getting training. I'm Sam Terrell. Chris Martin. And Daniel Bufano, thank you so much for joining us today. Deputy, thank you. Deputy, Deputy, Deputy Dan. Dan. <laughs> Deputy Dan. Deputy Dan in the house. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thank you.